Welcome to Casual Conversations with Ryan and Jonah, where we discuss interesting topics in a casual manner. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Casual Conversations with Ryan and Jonah. It is once again good to be back with mm-hmm. another very special guest of ours. Uh, here with us tonight is Miss Cammy. Hi. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Uh, would you it's like to tell us a little bit about you? you. Uh, what activities you're a part of? Maybe other uh, places or uh, sites on the web we can watch you? Um, all the places on the web you can watch. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, the most popular, I think, right now would be my TikTok, uh, at caminator.theanimator. Um, you can also find me on Twitch. I stream a Dungeons and Dragons campaign in which I DM, which Ryan, you are actually a part of. You're a player. I am a player. It is very fun and recommend anyone should, uh, anyone and everyone should give it a look. Yes. Very fun. But yeah. Uh, and if it has been mentioned already, uh, Cammy here is also to thank for our amazing little logo art you see every time you find our name uh so thank you very much for that it's fantastic uh she is a very great help. artist and designer so feel free to check out some of her work and again now she's streaming on twitch so yep. there you go so yeah cammy is uh here tonight to talk to us about uh something a bit more on mysterious side uh i guess uh sort of sixth sense uh gut feelings is is the terminology you used uh the feelings we get when something's happening, but we have no like material evidence to, to prove it. Is that sort of how you would describe it at least? Yeah, for sure. Um, I am a big believer in gut feelings. Um, I think that they can save your life and six sense is an interesting way of putting it. It reminds me of that movie, um, with a little kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what's um, the fam- There's like a famous line. The boy does. I forgot. I yeah, see dead. I, I see, see dead, dead people. people. See dead people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, uh, gut feelings are one of those things that I think is incredibly underutilized and like under trusted by people. Mm. But I thoroughly believe that like, if anything proves our connection to whatever spiritual realm we might have or whatever, it's that, you know, really <laughs> like the feeling someone gets without anything, any proof of it to show you. It's, it's an interesting topic to talk about. Like it kind of came out of left field well, in a good way. Uh, it's just, it's just like you said, no one really talks about it. I, I have to assume that th- there's a reason you bring it up. Like, did, did something happen recently where you had like a feeling about someone? Yeah, actually. Um, I mean, I, I always like, you've known me for a long time, Ryan, and I, um, I trust my gut a lot and sometimes against other people's better judgment. Um, but I, I usually end up right. And recently I, um, you know, had a, someone come into my work and a new like coworker. And like every time that person is around me, I have the absolute worst, like most skin crawling feeling. And I mm. cannot explain it. Like this person hasn't done anything to me. Like, is it particularly super duper creepy? You know, but I just like, I know something sinister or like creepy or something weird, at least yeah. I'm uncomfortable with is happening below the surface. And I'm just kind of like waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and yeah and also like you know all this stuff recently in the news especially when it comes to women around them in their life i feel like women have a very good gut feeling usually about people and people just don't listen to it. 
I mean, we had a great conversation last podcast on how women are, are very much not listened to and, and treated highly different from men. Was that last podcast? Uh, I think yeah. it was last podcast. It was, no, it was that was two podcast. ago because we just had Lauren. No, we had Veronica last week. We talked about music. Oh, that's right. We had talked about music. We had Veronica last exactly. week. Exactly. Um, do you think that? Do you think there are always signs uh, leading toward uh, like someone making a decision? Yes. I think that when people say like something comes out of left field, um, I find that when you really look deeper, it rarely does. Um, and I mean, I, I experience this in my own like personal life as well. So it's not just like, oh, <laughs> you know, things come out of left field. There are a few things that like really, really surprise me. And I find that usually when someone says oh something came out of left field really they were just ignoring like signs that someone is more dangerous or signs that something sinister was going on um like uh you know child abuse great example um a lot of people are like oh we had no idea that this person was being abused we had no idea that anything was happening but there are like signs in children like tendencies that they tend to have when they're abused like blaming themselves or you know speaking about themselves in a certain manner the way that they interact with their friends True. um True. you know signs of like early maturity that like isn't doesn't really pop up in like children who are in secure households or and stuff like that like that little things do add up and it's i think it's a matter of like if you look for them you know yeah because if you're not looking for them then you're never going to see them we, we kind of touched on that a few podcast episodes before on reading signs or reading uh, things that happen and, and interpreting them, like seeing how a person acts about a certain thing. You know, like you said, a, a kid uh, acting or talking about themselves and and seeing that and, and making inferences uh, based on the way they act. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think the thing is with like gut feelings like, you know, going, going back to that, I mean, it's even it could be in even like the smallest of details even it could be down to like what the person is wearing or maybe the way like they talk or the way they say the things they say or even what they say it's those little details that could almost you know like clue a person in even more than more so to maybe not even like who this person is personally but just like what this person is about and what the, you know, what their general, you know, vibe is, what kind of vibe they got going. And that can, you know, lead to some interesting stuff, I'll say. I like that you talked about like what words they use and stuff. Mm-hmm. I notice a lot that um, somebody who, you can tell a lot about a person based on the kind of language that they use. Absolutely. You know, like who they put in like the you know purposeful seat who they you know put as the actor like mm-hmm. um for example um in another language uh in other languages they might like use the term like oh the cup broke mm-hmm. versus in english we might say like i broke the cup which like puts the blame on the person and establishes it as someone's fault rather than like, oh, the cup broke, establishes it on the object's fault. And it's like, oh, it's just an accident. Right. And it does like affect how we view things and how we view situations, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. Supposedly, it's also supposed to affect the person who says it, too, because, you know, like the whole saying, like, fake it till you make it. 
I mean, if I yeah. say something like sorry all the time, I, I, maybe I start to convince myself more and more that I'm not at fault, but whether it's situational. Whereas if I say I'm sorry, like, if, like that, I think that tells my brain, too, that I'm the one responsible for things that happen. So it's something very small, but I think it's something that we also interpret. Uh, in, again, small little things, ways that people use their vocabulary uh, can tell you a lot about a person uh, and their background and what, what they think and what they don't think. Mm-hmm. But you really I feel have like, to, yeah. too, when it comes to, like, apologizing and stuff, that term, like, I'm sorry, a lot of people view it as, like, admitting fault or something mm-hmm. oh, rather yeah. than, mm-hmm. like, acknowledging the other person's feelings. So they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way or something like that. Um, and people have, like, issue with it because, of course, that's kind of rude to say. <laughs> <laughs> um Versus, like, someone saying, like, oh, I'm sorry I made you feel like that. Something like that, you know? Right, right. Okay. And you really have to be able to, like, clue into that, though. Like, if you really want to know that, you have to have a sharp, keen mind that is able to clue into those little details and not just see them as, you know, something, you know, as, like, you know, maybe this guy is wearing sunglasses and a trench coat. You have to have a keen mind to not just like not let something as simple as that slip you up. You have to be thinking, okay, maybe you know, this guy kind of, you know, like out of the crowd, like you know, let's just say I'm at a Starbucks and I'm working at a Starbucks and I see this line of people and people are all wearing these natural clothes and then at the back of the line there's just this guy with a trench coat and glasses. That would almost make me like assume for a second like wait, there's something up with this guy. But you really have to have like a keen mind to understand something like that almost. How much of that do you think is nature versus nurture though? Like lived experience versus like you're actually seeking out like how to mm. tell these things. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I guess I didn't think about that because I mean, you, it's not right always to like immediately assume about a person. Like just because this guy's wearing a trench coat and glasses doesn't mean he's up to something bad or he's up, you know, he's up to something in general. Like you have to wait till the guy comes talks to you order and maybe you know that might you know clue you into something a little more you know about this guy whoever he may be but you're saying more you're saying more about uh making judgment calls like at first sight you start saying whether someone teaches us to do that or how we're born with it is that sort of what you're saying yeah um i'm saying like uh like you know people it's kind of like innate triggers in you you know and some of that honestly is down to your rna um because it like your ancestors or your family's like natural like triggers or fears that like get embedded into their rna is passed down oh really yeah have you do you know about this i do not Um, so fear fear of certain things is passed down through genes that is a uh argument that they like it was a theory that they had for a little while um, with like uh, generational trauma and stuff Um, in like native American communities and, you know, black communities and stuff like that. But they discovered um, actually kind of harder evidence because there was this woman who was absolutely terrified for no reason of like small enclosed spaces, didn't have any bad experiences with them as a child, didn't have like any like, particularly harrowing or like traumatic experience with them nothing along those lines and she was like terrified to a t turns out her grandfather had been involved in like a mining accident when he was like young never told anybody about it and it was that like 
changed his RNA. So he was always wow. like scared. It set off his fight or flight Ooh, response whenever he was gosh. in a small space because of that. And it passed down because it was embedded in his DNA. It passed down to her, even though nothing had happened to her. Wow. Isn't I had no crazy? idea. I had no idea it could be like that powerful because I had read stories how science had shown like people today are still afraid of water and people are still afraid of like cliffs and high spaces because their ancestors really had to look out for that. You know, yeah. that sort of ingrained fear of spiders, of, of, of reptiles. Like, they're not dangerous now, at least to most of us. But, like, back in the day, we were still, like, the hunter-gatherers and stuff. They were dangerous. And so that fear is something we still share from back in the day where we had to look out for something like that. And so the DNA science has shown that. I, I had no idea it was, like, that powerful. It could be that impactful in someone's life. Absolutely. It's yeah. interesting to, like, see how it plays out today because... You know, we we're still evolving. It's not like we just have our hunter gatherer thing. We still we still are actively like an evolving species. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're we're always changing. We're always trying to improve ourselves. Absolutely, and I think you know I don't have a lot. To be honest with you, I don't have a lot of like fears. Like the natural fears are like not really like I'm okay with snakes. Like if a, if I see a spider in my room, I'm not gonna let it. I'm not gonna kill it. I'm just gonna let it be. I'm gonna let it do what it wants to do. Maybe, you know, after a while it'll probably go and there'll be a web and then I'll, like, clean it up or something. I'm not afraid of heights or anything like that. Uh, I don't get motion sickness. But the one thing I, like, have a trouble dealing with is when, like, I'm walking, like, on a high railing or something. And then I look up. That is what is like. Because I feel like when I look up, the more I look up, I'm about to, like, fall on my back or something. Like I don't have a fear of heights. Like when you stare up, you feel like you're going to fall backward? Yes. Have you ever done trust exercises? Yeah, I've done trust yeah. I would not recommend them to you. Well, no, I've done a bunch of, like, falling backwards and stuff like that. No, yeah. Right, right. I've, I've been able to do that since I was, like, like I did a camp once where we did a bunch okay. of trust exercises. You mean, falling. like, you know, like, going off the highest diving board as a kid, that kind of deal? Oh, I, I've, I, well, I've gone off high dives. I can do high dives. I think going back to what you were saying, though, uh, about nature versus nurture, I do think... I think it has it has a lot to do with evolution because, like as you said, we're always evolving, and you know survival of the fittest. Those who who live are the ones who learn to watch out and not and and use their fear to work for them and not put themselves in danger of stuff, you know. And so maybe you know nowadays uh, a lot of kids are afraid of heights because that fear has been been ingrained and passed down. A lot of fear, kids are afraid of water, but now parents are teaching their kids to look both ways across the street, be, to be afraid of like, you know, streets and stuff and getting hit by cars. And I think over the course of time, we'll sort of see that ingrained in people as well. Um, you know, I wonder how quickly it'll pop up too with like the kids born or like being raised in like these formative years during this pandemic, how yeah. many of them will become like germaphobes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Definitely. Especially those who've actually like lost people in the pandemic, lost family, who've seen firsthand what the effects of the virus can have. Yeah, I smell a future. I think they're going to be freaked out, and they're yeah. not properly socialized either. So. Yeah, I think the pandemic has affected a lot of that. And you know, kids. To take our sister Addie. She's five years old. Like this should be around. This is kind of di- uh, digressing from the topic, um, but it is important. You know. Kids, kids take in whatever they're given. Kids like our sister Addie, five years old, she, she can't really go out and hang out with kids as much as a five-year-old should be doing. And that could definitely impact her psyche. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go back uh, even further to something you mentioned earlier on, because you mentioned how there are theories of nature versus nurture on, on these feelings that people have and these fears. Um, 
I, I kind of, when you said that, it reminded me of a argument that I was having in this religious studies class I was taking like a year, a year ago about why people suffer or why people have fears. Like, what's the point? Um, and I kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, well, first off, like, here's a fun question. What's your, what's your biggest fear? What, and why do you think, where do you think it came from? Okay, uh, do you want me to be serious here? Or do you want me to be like, because <laughs> I, I, I'm, I could get very serious. Yeah, it is um, a casual conversation. If, if you want to double down and get a bit more serious, I'll, uh, you know, I'm okay I'll do for it. it. Um, I don't care. My biggest fear is men. I'm not going to lie to you, man. Mm. That is the thing that, like, I, I, and keep in mind, I am, you know, sexually and romantically attracted to men, but that is like the single biggest like every day that interactions with men put some fear into my heart Ooh. like whether it be like being stared at or like cat called or like you know there was a while when I was living with you where I was experiencing workplace sexual harassment um you know assault and that's and it and it happens to like everybody I know too um so every day I would say men um, <laughs> that that's a really sad no, answer fine. because yeah, they no. make up so much of the population, but it's true. <laughs> but the sad part is too, that's very substantiated uh, in your experiences. I think there's a very good reason there. There have been pl- a plethora of terrible examples that men have set. And, and again, like you, with your experiences, you happen almost day to day. Like that, I could see the reason that fear is there. And it's really sad that you have to go through that. It's, it's tough. And like, you know, I feel like when people, you know, when women talk about how they're like scared of men, sometimes people respond with like, well, not every single man is like that. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm." (laughs) Um, Some men are worse than others, but also it's enough of them. It's enough of them. My mom always uses the analogy. um, If there is a bowl of M&Ms and you know that like 10 of them are poisoned, are you really going to stick your hand in there and frisk? Mm. Are you really going to fuck around and find <laughs> no, out? It's and it's not 10 of them. It's more like 90% of them. <laughs> you, you bring up a good point. And again, like you probably been around times where you've, you've like put that thought aside be like, Oh, you know, maybe it'll be fine this time. And then you've probably been let down, you know, and, and every, yeah. and every pessimist is a disappointed optimist, you know, so that's a good quote. I like that. Every pessimist is a disappointed optimist. Yeah. That's that's true. I've I don't think I've ever cuz I feel like it goes back to like your experiences. When somebody doesn't like somebody right away or like doesn't like a situation right away, it's usually because they have some experience with it, whether that be through like stories or like, you know, examples of stuff or you know, they've lived through it and they're uncomfortable. And that probably powers some of their gut feelings they have about certain situations and people. So when you see certain, when you see men exhibit certain behaviors over and over (laughs) again, you'll notice a pattern, (laughs) whether consciously or unconsciously, you'll see it. Yeah. Uh, What is your biggest fears? My biggest fear is, I'm going to be real. I think, I think it's dying alone. I think that's my biggest fear. And then that's an intense one. Like not to be taken dramatically. I mean, if I were, if I were in a situation where like I was dying behind a brick wall with no one knowing who I was like, yeah, that's like, that's the most dramatic something of that Mm -hmm. happening, but not just that, just like me in an empty house with like family and friends gone. 
like like emotionally alone. I think that's what I'm afraid of. Because I think, and and, um. and 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 from personal experience, I think a lot of that traces from my childhood. Like for me growing up, I didn't have a whole lot of friends when I was little, uh, and it was only as I grew did I really start to to develop my con- uh, confidence. Uh, so for a long time, I felt I felt really alone, and I think that uh, stuck with me. So when I now I kind of I'm, I'm very attached to you know, my family and friends, uh, I, I try to stay in contact and talk to them as much as I can. Uh, one, mm-hmm. cause I like to, and two, like they're my friends and family I'm going to, uh, but also like a, a deep part of me, I think is afraid of losing them. Uh, it's very core. That's really intense to say the least. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, think that's a legitimate fear. I think that's, yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people, myself included, are freaked out by that concept because it's like also the idea of death is scary, you know? Oh, definitely. And in, in, in and of itself, it's um, this like great unknown and it's really freaky to think about. Um, although some philosophers argue that death is good. Socrates, for example, mm. thought that death was good. Like it's like a moving it's very on famous in, in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically, he was like, well, it's either, you know, I go in there and I don't feel anything and I don't know anything and whatever, you know, what really cares? Or, you know, I go in there and I get to spend, I mean, of course, he had the Greek view of the afterlife. He's like, I get to spend eternity (laughs) with all like these great minds that I've been debating about their ideas and I'll I'll be able to ask them directly, (laughs) which I think is a pretty optimistic view of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Hey, it's fine I personally think optimistic. it's like inevitable, so it can't really be either good or bad, you know? Yeah, that's a good one. So, this is the whole, uh, this opens up a whole can of worms about like talking about what happens when you die and such. <laughs> Before we get there, because I feel like we're on that road, uh, I want to know Jonah's answer. <laughs> My biggest fear. What, what is your biggest fear and why do you think you have it? Um, uh, okay, I'm willing to open up about this. As a kid... I went through like a year or two of having seizures constantly and I've always had the fear that those are going to come back at some point. I've always had the fear mm. it's going to happen in a moment where I least expect it and even worse like no one's going to be there like it's going to be in a place where no one is there who can physically, you know, treat me for whatever it is or call 911 for whatever that reason is. And that's always been a huge fear. It's yeah, it's bad. I think that's legitimate. I think there's a that's totally legit. Yeah, especially after your experience you had. Mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I think it goes back. Do you think? Go ahead. Part of it is like. Do you think part of it is like the, like loss of control, aspect of it? Definitely. Yeah. It would uh, as a kid. Yeah. It would occur at like, the most random of times. Like. You could tell That's when scary. it was happening. Yeah, you could tell when it was happening, but it would occur at the most random of times is the thing. So it's just like, you know, for all I know, it could happen now. And that's just like something that's mentally stuck with me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot to hold on to, especially uh, just growing up mm-hmm. as well. But very legitimate and, and very honest. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Uh but I wanted to, you know, pull that up, bring that well, while bringing that up. Uh, there's so many people who talk about what happens when you die and like oh what lies on the other side. Entire religions 
have been based off of the ideas that people have. Uh, <laughs> hey, we can make a religion out of this. <laughs> <laughs> we can make a, a religion out of this. We can make money out of this. Uh, like entire followings have been made mm-hmm. on what happens after we die, which opens up like, why are There's we There's whole like in industries that are all like anti-aging and like, you know, debates about like, you know, how should we like, you know, how should we treat death? And <laughs> How do we prevent it? Like people now want to are talking about like uploading their consciousness into like AI or something for their loved ones, you know, which is crazy to me. I can't believe that's even like something we could possibly possibly have one day, you know, like we we can never die. Like we could save ourselves via technology by uploading ourselves onto a computer. That is a very scary thing. By making ourselves a robot. That that sounds like like maybe like an iRobot or like a Big Hero 6 kind of thing where it's like the chip in Baymax or whatever. And that's just you now. And it's like, or do you guys know about like the thing like the talking robot? I think her name's like Sophia or whatever. So she said she was the one who said she'd destroy um, humans. Mm -hmm. The talking cat app. I think I know what you're talking about. Is that what it is? Is it a talking cat? Maybe the it little- is. Uh, mm, I don't. I don't know. That's not what. No, Sophia is from this uh, this company called Hanson Robotics, and they are like this incredibly advanced team of like technologists, and they've created this robot named Sophia, and she's like gone. Like she has her own Facebook. She's gone around the world and given actual speeches. She's hung out with different celebrities. Like, this robot is doing everything. It is... That robot has a more fulfilling life than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's been around the world. I haven't, I haven't barely left the country. This exactly. is yeah, That's she's, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was thinking of a totally different thing. But, yes, I do know about... Because uh, she's... I, th- I think I'm remembering her, like, photos or, like, videos of her from, like, way back in the day. Weird stuff. But... Would you guys ever, like, if you had the option, would you guys upload your consciousness or at least, like, have an AI or a robot made that's incredibly similar to you for, like, the comfort of your loved ones? Hmm. You know what? Can I, can I answer this Yeah, one go for it. Go for it. I'm going to be honest. If we come to the future and that's one of those, that would be one of those, like, last resort to options if I truly had to. I would say... Yes, go ahead with it, do it. But if there was some alternate way that was more like nonchalant for a way to remember me, then I would say like a frozen head. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Like, yeah, maybe I, I don't know. Like, just some simpler way instead of actually processing me in this like multi-technology, you know, technological AI technology. If there was a simpler way, I would say let's just go with that instead. I almost freezing, feel actually like. freezing your head. No, <laughs> maybe like <laughs> ashes in a jar or something like that. Oh, so you want to be? Sean, I didn't know you were part of the Disney family. Yeah, yeah, I'll go in like the grave or something. I'm not going to my old pal Walt Disney. That what is even? What even is um, that theory? Why do people believe that? Because stuff? it's a wild people, Disney theory. I don't care if it's a wild <laughs> Disney theory. Like last night, people I was are reading, interested in crazy theories no. when it comes to you know famous people and stuff oh yes no oh yes they are it's weird i was reading a reddit theory last night that the mom that the mom of the kids is either uh either is or somehow knows the cat in the hat the mom either is where why would that even come from that's not like based in anything (laughs) no because uh, it's a long story i'll explain it to both of you later because it's off topic (laughs) and we're not we don't want to get off topic so 
But we do all agree on the theory that there is a frozen head of Walt Disney somewhere. No, in the world. I disagree with that. I 100% I've disagree I've heard it's in the apartment above the fire station on uh, Disney World. Mm. <laughs> well, well, I'm surprised Where you used to there's hang like out. a news report that someone has broken in there just to release. I feel like there would be some idiot out there who would really just go and do that. I really oh, there's a bunch of people. There was, did you guys ever um, oh boy. see that movie, Escape from Tomorrow? And it was all filmed in oh, Disney yeah. World without their permission. I've, heard, I've only heard of it. Oh I've God, never no. seen it. Yeah, I've only Off heard topic, of it. but that's crazy. Apparently it's a terrible movie, but it, it got famous because it was all filmed in Disney World <laughs> without probably, their actual permission. I'd probably watch it one night just because I'm bored. Like I'll have like a drink in my hand, like pointing out different locations. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, you can make it. You can make a drinking game out of this. Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's my version of you can make a religion out of this. It's just you can make a drinking game out of this. <laughs> <laughs> go to uh, customink.com and buy our merch. Thank you. We do not have merch, but yes, go go there. <laughs> Thanks, Custom Inc. Uh, not not an you official sponsorship. You can cash at me stuff if you want to spend money. <laughs> not an official sponsorship. Not yet. <laughs> soon. 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 What was the question? Soon. <laughs> I'll design you merch. I'll do it. Um, we were talking about, oh my God, what were we talking about? Um, oh, would you uh, upload your consciousness into like AI or like a robot? Oh, right, AI? right. No, not at all. Why not? I'm one of those people, this is my philosophical side coming out. Even though I argue most of tonight has already been very philosophical. Um, I argue that we're born, we're here on earth to have experience and do things. And then we die. And then whatever happens after that is, is supposed to be natural. You know, whatever, you know, we either we, we move on or we don't, whatever it is, everything does it. And, Ooh. you know, we're all born, which means one day we're all supposed to end too with all the experience we've had and such. At least that's what I think. Okay. Um, so I don't want to be like saved or anything. Remembered, sure. You know, I, I don't need a statue, uh, but a little gravestone somewhere wouldn't be too bad. Uh, yeah. But I no. Long answer, no. Can, okay. Can we, what if you I get that, like, actually. What if you got remembered in the form of a sea shanty? If there is a song made about me, then that's even better. Uh, <laughs> I will take that. In the, in, the st- in the style of Irish folk, please. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, the absolute best song, I think, about, like, someone who has, like, died or, like, people... You can see my cat in the little camera. <laughs> I Winston. Winston I think is um, Howard Ashman, Sheridan Square. He wrote oh. a song about, like, all of his friends who were, like, dying from the AIDS crisis and stuff in, like, the early 90s. And it's so heartbreaking, but it's so good. And he wrote this music for The Little Mermaid, actually. Yes, wow. that's what he did. I remember. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah and, you didn't know and that? Little Shop of Horrors, Ryan. Throwback yeah, to the hey. Or oh Audrey, God. too. Hey, hey. <laughs> Ryan was a... Was quite the musical theater geek in high school. I remember. Uh, yeah, that yeah, was. Don't uh, try and hesitate on that one. You we're know not you here were. to talk about my musical theater nerdy experience. It all began 20 years well, ago. Well, I'll talk about it. We're here to talk about I was there about... for the start. I was there for the start of it. Yeah, Cammy saw it all. And you can DM her whatever you want, but that's not what we're talking about in public. <laughs> we're talking about <laughs> other darker, important things. <clears throat> So, Ryan, tell us more. What do you got? Well, I think fear is a very innate thing. In fact, Cammy, what answer your own question here. Would you would you upload yourself to a computer or, or would you to put it simply, would you die? Um, I think it depends. If I were if I had like young kids or something that I had left behind, um, then I probably would 
upload myself. Okay. Like, just because, you know, I think I hold parenthood and motherhood, like, rather sacred. And I would want... I, I, I would want to, like, leave a piece of myself for them. You know, Uh, more than just like photographs or like diaries. And I'm already pretty sentimental. So I already keep all that stuff, you know, for like when my kids um, or when I have children, I don't have kids right now, but when I do eventually have kids, um, like I, I do keep like stuff from like my family past or like important things for me uh, to like share with them, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think if I were to like pass young um, and they were young, um, I would definitely want to have something that they could like hold on to. If uh, it was older and I was like coming to the end of my life, I was happy with my life, nothing. Uh, fuck no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm of the mindset that hello, um, rated E rated. Once you're gone, you. <laughs> you're gone, and that's okay. You don't need to like it's you like you said. It's the literally the most natural thing. That you can possibly, everyone goes through it, everything goes through it, like, and that's okay. Yeah. I'm not particularly, like, scared of death in, like, which is weird, because I, I, I'm scared of a lot of things in general, <laughs> but I'm not really scared of death. I know? think a lot of kids our age are no longer scared of death. <laughs> yeah, that too. We kind of all grew up with this, like, constant, oh yeah, the world is dying, and <laughs> yeah. the environment is... You know, not gonna last. <laughs> you know who's a good example of being scared of death, though, is what uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. That's a good example for you. How how is oh, Ebenezer Scrooge? Actually, remember oh. he has the, he, the death is like the third spirit that he encounters. Remember True. he encounters True. death, and death shows him his own grave, and is like, because you disrespected your brother, and you know here you are now. Brother? Yeah, or, or no, his partner. I'm sorry, not his brother. Oh, Jacob Marley. Yes, yeah. Jacob Marley. Yeah, he yeah. like. Yeah, he like wasn't um, friends with his nephew or whatever. Well, no, <laughs> like, that's not, it why wasn't even death that. Death showed it him his all, grave alone. It wasn't even just that. It was like he wasn't really friends with anyone. He was like the yeah. quintessential like Squidward, but in like the form of this old guy who lives in a town around Christmas time and just can't respect the fact that Christmas is this jolly time where everybody's happy and together. And you know, and again, he used to be happy once. He used to have a good life. Yeah. Clearly, there's something that, like, they don't really show it or talk about it, but there's something that turned him away from that good life that he had, you that, know? Jonah, that's the whole point of the movie. Like, the whole, the whole message <laughs> of the movie is him growing through this journey, and, like, his past is shown. It's really just, like, a, a life of disappointments. Yeah. You know? I mean, being it's, forgotten. I think it's, like, uh, it's. do you want to, like, die with regrets? basically yeah um and when you're constantly like thinking of yourself and you don't like slow down and stuff yeah you can sometimes die that actually you know is one of my bigger fears if i were to die dying with regrets i I don't think that's something that can be helped sometimes because death comes whenever you know eventually when death comes i know as one who's never died before uh, it'll happen eventually. I, I, I haven't personally <laughs> died. Yeah, but don't let me worry, speak guys. On this I, topic. I promise it'll happen, just not yet. Um, just but not like, yet. I'm sure when it happens, I'll be lying down thinking, "Oh man, I wish I did this." Like, "Oh man, I wish I did that." I'm 21 years old, and I already have regrets. Like, I'm gonna have them for the rest of my life, and a bit, and especially when I'm like ready to die, I'm going to have them. Uh, I compl- I'm not trying to invalidate your point <laughs> at all. <laughs> Here's an interesting question for you, though. Um, okay. 
when you you say like you're 21 now and you have regrets which I totally get do you think that regrets is more about what wasn't available to you or what you couldn't do what you chose not to do or more about struggling with the acceptance of the choice you did make Ooh. So, so is regret more about is regret more about wishing you did something else or is it more about struggling with what you did? Yeah. Like, is it more, do you think the best way to get over regret is like to you is regret more like, Oh, I can't sit here and accept like the life that I have chosen and the life that I'm currently living. Or is it more, um, I'm always going to like wonder what if, you know, I think, I think it's more of the second because personally, like there are choices I've made in the past we're like, oh man, looking back on that, I could have done that a lot differently. And I wonder what things would have happened if I did. But also it I happened, feel, so there's I no point. I feel like that's such a like a snake eating its tail situation. Like that's like Yeah. No matter what happens, no matter what you choose, you're gonna wonder what if. Exactly. And that, that's for a lot of choices you make. <laughs> and the way I solve that is like, well, it happened. There's nothing you can do about it now. It's in the past. You're where you are now because of the choice. So yeah. use what you learned then to guide you on what you do now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. I mean, I honestly, I think it's a mixture of both for me because, you know, most of the time what I do, though, is like I'll have regrets, but immediately after I do it, even without regretting it, I'll immediately realize what I did. And that's when I stop and think about my actions and how maybe there is still time to change what I've done. And that almost seems like I'm starting to talk like Ebenezer Scrooge. I've been this bad man all my life, but maybe there is still time. Oh, my dear boy, what day is it? Oh, it's Christmas. Oh, it's like, you know, you What day is it, my dear boy? It's Christmas. Oh, I want you to go down, take these shillings, go buy me a turkey, okay? The largest turkey they have. Do you guys ever find that, like, you know, this idea, I mean, cause you were talking about like, you usually realize like right after you choose something that like, Oh, I should have done something else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever realize like before you actually make the choice, like you know, I'm kind of frozen in this and I don't know. Cause I suffer from choice paralysis oh. a lot. And that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. Actually. I don't know if you guys like suffer from this. I, I but that is like one of my, like daily struggles and like I just I cannot pick like what I want to do. Can you describe? Can you describe like a situation? Because I want I want to know more about this. Yeah. You, do you know about like choice paralysis or anything like that? Uh, assume I know nothing. Yeah. Okay. Um, choice paralysis is basically, you know how like when you are faced with a situation that you're like uncomfortable with, um, there's like fight or flight, and then there is also like freeze. You just sit there in shock, can't move, can't do anything. Choice paralysis is basically like when you're faced with a situation where there's like infinite options, like when you're like a great example that I feel like a lot of people go through is like when they are picking like what college to go to, like what major they want to go into, they end up becoming, and this is something that happened to me senior year of high school. Um, they end up becoming so freaked out by the idea of like, what if I pick something that and I make the wrong choice? Like there's too many options here that they just freeze up and they like can't do anything. And like now obviously I'm in college and stuff, but like I I took a little while to get there because I was freaked out. <laughs> and um, actually Sylvia Plath in the bell jar has a really, really beautiful analogy of it. Um, and she basically is sitting at the foot of a tree 
Um, and there are all of these like peaches in front of her. I think they're peaches. Um, and every single one represents like a choice or a path her life can go down. And she sits there so long, like wondering what is going, like which one she should, should she pick that they eventually start to all like blacken and rot off oh and fall off. And then my. they, she doesn't get to pick a choice at all. You know, and you find yourself in wait. Okay, do you find yourself in situations daily where you can't make a, a choice? Do you find yourself? I, in, what, do you find? I hope you don't <laughs> find yourself in life or death situations. No, daily. yeah, because no, not like life or death, but like I do constantly like wonder, like, oh, is what I'm doing right now really the best option for me and really the best choice for me? Because I'm pretty, I'm pretty goddamn happy with my life right now. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, but there are, you know, even when you're happy with your life, there are days that you're just depressed and stressed out and freaked out, and like Absolutely. on those days, one of the most prevalent thoughts that I have is like you know, what if this is just not the life that, like, what if this isn't, like, the max happiness that I could have? Mm. Could have you know, like, what at, if there's something yeah. better out there? No, I, I get what you're saying completely. Like, there'll be days when you sit down, like, after a day of working, and be like, man, like, am I supposed to be somewhere else right now? Or am I where I'm supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good way of, like, simplifying it. Just, am I where I'm supposed to be? Like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. That is, like... Oof. That that to me, that question keeps me up at night far more than like oh the idea boy. of what happens after death. Uh, so how do you solve that? How do you tell your like if you solve that? I hope you do. Um, I honestly I, I don't have a <laughs> I don't have a solution. <laughs> I I kind of like right now my solution is like accepting that one, I have time, I'm young, I have the ability to live like multiple lives and one of the people actually that like I think recognizes fear in me really early and really helped is Nevin of all people. <laughs> wow, Coach Nevin from GBN. Oh, coach no. Nevin. Uh, oh, no. But we ha we had this like speech coach and he was absolutely amazing. He was like a father figure. To Shout me. out to Coach Nevin. Um, I love him. But he like one day sat me down out of nowhere and was like, you know, this isn't like the only thing I do. I do like a lot of different things like for a career. Like I also like act and I like, you know, am like he was working with like alternative like medicine and therapy at one point. And uh, he was like, this isn't the only thing I do. And you don't have to stick yourself to one career. And he, his basic advice to me was like, as long as you have a master's, basically anybody will hire you for anything and your degree and your major doesn't really matter in the real world because you can get a job in just about anything and that's more and more of what I've heard and I was so freaked out at the time of like if I get a degree in something that's what I'm gonna have to work in for the rest of my life that was right. so ingrained yeah. in me as a kid too that's what I grew up knew it like grow up knowing and like people told right? me later I'm like wait really <laughs> then why am I here <laughs> it freaks me but now I mean like now look at you you're you know a sub um you know working as one right now you're like a teacher and you got a degree in something like totally different, you know? True. Like a few years ago, I didn't think I'd ever be interested in education. And now here I am like trying to find my, how to get my teaching certificate, you know, stuff changed just like that. And it's the same like you, like sometimes I'll sit down and be like, man, like my interests now are very different from what they were years ago. You know, why is that? Am I in the place where I'm supposed to be? Is this like the right path for me? And then I'll think back to all those choices I made and be like, well, regardless of whether I made the right choice or not, I'm here where I am now and I feel a want to do this thing 
And so since I got myself here, I might as well do it and stick with it, you know, commit to it. I feel like, too, like the experience that you've grown and like the choices that you've made do like add on, you know, and make your make you better, you know. Oh, definitely. Different things. Um, Like, for example, like. uh, Like you being interested in music and, you know, in like music theory, you know, I do. like It makes you understand, like, you know, what how music can like affect people's emotions and like what, how it can like drive a story and stuff. And that might help you in like a totally different aspect of your life. That's, you know, people wouldn't immediately connect. Oh, exactly. Um, Yeah. And stuff like that. Jonah, what do you, how do you feel? Like, especially like you're, you're a little bit younger than us. You're still, um, in high school, right? Yeah. I'm a freshman. You're just now a freshman. Yeah, I know. Crazy, right? Uh, yeah. Interesting. You were having How? a very interesting time at high school. <laughs> yeah. Uh, keyword at high school. <laughs> I feel like we just freaked him out so much. We were like, oh, yeah, we don't know anything. <laughs> like, I mean, Jonah, we're terrified. <laughs> Jonah, if you haven't heard, learned by now from any of our episodes, there is a lot to learn as you grow. And he, I mean, I say this Absolutely. as someone. Oh, yeah. I have a lot to learn. Like, I'm not saying I know we all do. a lot. You know? No matter but, your age, we all do. Yeah, but don't get freaked out by it at all. You know, I'm, accept all the uh, different opinions and information that comes yeah, out. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. I, the last, like, three and a half years, too. Like, the years after high school, really, I feel, are the ones that you grow the most. Okay. Because I, sh- I was a bitch in high school. <laughs> but no, c- no comment. Now, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no, I was. It's okay. You can comment on it. No um, comment. I was a really shitty person in high school. Um, and I, I mean, there's a lot of factors in that. And I'm not going to, like, give myself an excuse. But, like, you know, after, I feel like once you hit adulthood and you have your own, like, choice and stuff and you can, like, kind of forge your own path, it does definitely change. I mean, even you, Ryan, like, you've grown so much oh, in the last three years. You're so, like, you're much more confident now and, like, comfortable with yourself. You're, like, very, like, together, I feel like. Even I've noticed this, yes. You know? I, I appreciate that. Thank you. And I attribute that to the choices that were given to me by different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting this far in, in confidence was not a solo act. Uh, there are many friends, Cami and Jonah included, uh, and family that helped me get to this point. And uh, so I think th- th- that's what it boils down to. Help help your fellow, help your fellow man, woman person love thy neighbor uh, love thy neighbor love thy neighbor and be and nice to out. each other be nice to each other and and just be nice to each other a little yes. a little earlier in the podcast i mentioned like why do people suffer and one of the reasons that people gave wasn't that like oh there's something on the other side or that they're acts of god is that like people suffer because people do and the best thing you can do is just reach out and help them right um and support each other, mm-hmm. support each other. so i i want to like i want to have attribute like a cause or a reason to it and sometimes there is like people suffer because of like you know capitalism or people suffer because of like greedy people or like terrible people in the world or bystanders or something like that which is definitely true but you know nobody is at fault when somebody like gets cancer or something or nobody is at fault when somebody like you know dies in a tragic accident nobody's really at fault like sometimes yeah. it just happens stuff happens and, and the best thing you can do is just be there for the person yeah, and the best thing to do is just be there, yep. you know, and be 
nice. Like, I, <laughs> it sounds so simple, but it's not. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta not be a dick. <laughs> That's all it takes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you just have to not be a dick. Honestly, honestly, no say, but honestly, I, I agree. You're right. Because, I mean, there are terrible people out there, and you notice. You know, some people out there are never going to change who they are. Even if it's a you know bad person, they're never going to change who they are, no matter the help they get recommended to them and if they take that help or not. There's a likely chance it may not change them. Some people, it does change them. And, you know, yeah. it's, it's a great thing to see someone come out of something like that and, you know, really, you know, come out of their shell and actually be a nice person. But, you know... It's not always going to happen. We just have to be able to accept that there as well, you know? What is your, you're, you're like now a freshman in high school, so you're like just at like the kind of precipice of like forming mm. your own identity and like, like learning about other people as they start to form their identity. What Absolutely. are you like most excited for, you know, in this like, you know, you, you kind of get to like forge your own way now. Yeah. In a bit. I uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess just the opportunities. I mean, like, you know, we're still doing, like, the musical right now. So I'm currently playing Lurch mm-hmm. in Adam Sandler the musical right now. And, um, oh. no. So we're the whole thing, I mean, it's been such an experience. Like, yesterday, three hours worth of recording all the different ensemble parts for seven different songs multiple takes, getting it in, and that's like three hours worth of work. So I was happy to have that put in, but I was home the whole time just recording everything where, you know, whereas you'd actually be performing the thing live, that's a completely different story. But I mean, no matter what the situation is, the theater is always just such a welcoming community. Everyone is just so welcoming to you, no matter who you are or where you're coming from. They're able to accept you for who you are and... You know, maybe, you know, even if you're an ensemble member, you know, I always love saying this to people. The Adams Family Ensemble reminds me kind of like the like the Lion King Ensemble or, you know, maybe the Les Mis Ensemble because it's all so big. And yes, the show does have its lead parts, but it relies mainly on the ensemble members because, I mean, you know, the Lion King, everybody controls those puppets and they're walking around in these costumes Lame is, you know, you have all these innkeepers and all these, you know, prisoners and, you know, there's so many different like groups of ensemble members that go into making Lame is what it is. There's, you know, Adam Summer, there's all the ancestors, all the featured dancers, all just a general ensemble that really helped drive this show more than it could be driven without an ensemble. And that's why I always say the ensemble is like the most important thing ever. So if you ever get ensemble and you're disappointed, don't be. You have one of the most important roles in this show. I think that goes uh, with the theater company actually being good. That uh, too. I think you're in a very lucky situation yeah. where they're very welcoming. I think it depends on the company. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I had a very, uh, I've had various experiences in theaters depending on like who I was working with and, you know, the cast and crew and the stuff and i've had some wonderful ones and i've had some really not, not so, so wonderful not so great ones. um but it is i do i will say i do think it is always um i do think it is always worthwhile to have these like kind of larger than life productions because it like 
mystifies a story. And I've always like I'm I'm a romantic at heart, and I I like <laughs> right. like fairy tales and stuff like that. So I've always loved theater. I'm not gonna lie. Like as much as I can like try and like be like the cool person, be like I'm not into musical theater. <laughs> I am. I really like musical <laughs> theater. Don't even try guys. to hide it too. It's it's, it's, it's it shows. <laughs> yeah, it, it shows. Like Mamma Mia soundtrack is like by far one of like most played things on my no, Spotify. No, Pierce Brosnan <laughs> can't sing. I won't listen to Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan's solo in Mamma Mia is one of the greatest things on planet. No, Earth. no it's either that. I or, love it. He was so like, off. The apparently yeah. the entire like cast was just off their ass drunk the whole time while filming it. And also just Meryl Streep and Pierce Brosnan that like dramatic. The winner takes it all. Oh my God! Stop. <laughs> no, it's like that's There's about nothing like you know. It. It's so bad because, you know, you would think that's bad enough, but it's like, it's almost as bad as like the two second solo that is known as Russell Crowe in Les Mis. It's, it's about as oh, bad as that. It's that's an iconically bad movie musical performance. I, know, I, I remember so seeing Les Mis in theaters mm. and when he died... Um, I literally started laughing. What, I know, it's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. That's oh, a really sad introduction to Lame is. <laughs> because, no, 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 no. It's not because, like, he committed suicide. That's very dramatic. But because, like, they did the shot and Jeez, he, like, spoilers. just kind of, like, flops like a ragdoll. And there's, like, this weird audio <laughs> sound effect. And I couldn't stop fucking laughing. The same thing happened in Beauty and the Beast where, like, there's one audio choice that some sound designer made. And okay. I just can't stop laughing my ass off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's why I didn't like the new Beauty and the Beast as much. I mean, not to say it was, like, bad or anything. Like, Dan Stevens did a great job as the Beast. You know, Luke Evans was an amazing guest on. I always love Josh Gad no matter what he does. Emma Josh Watson, though, she just didn't do it for me with the auto-tuned voice and her somewhat actually, decent I, acting yeah, skills. Actually, yeah, I agree with that. I think yeah. that they kind of, like, try to over-perfect her voice. And if they would have allowed her to just kind of sing a little bit more naturally, I think it would have been a lot better. But yeah. They, like, tried to over-perfect it, like, to such a degree. And one of the things about, like, you know, Broadway stars and, like, Paige O'Hare, the original voice for Val, is that... Not every note is fucking perfect. You can dr drive emotion into a song and, that yeah. you just, like, auto-tune and stuff sometimes takes away. And there was a really good... I think you actually sent me the analysis on Beauty and the Beast about that. I probably um, did. It also sounds very you thing to do, yeah. <laughs> you know, I... It sounds like something that you would spiel out to. <laughs> I, I, I would like send that right to, to everyone. You know, I'm looking in the distance and I can see our original topic all the way back there, giving us a slow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. Our so original far. topic is like really heavy, though. So you that's know. true. That's true. <laughs> we, we've definitely lightened up a bit. Um, we we talked about like death. We talked about like you know fears, greatest fears. Today's been a heavy day. Let us let us do some aftercare. We found the here. light at the end of the tunnel. We found I the think light. We talked about musicals. We uh, successfully uh, found the light at the end of the tunnel. There we go, guys. We yeah. did it. We what, did it. Uh, circling back, though, and maybe in a more positive light, um, Jonah and Ryan, what do you... When you're faced with, like, choice paralysis and stuff, and I don't know if you've been faced with, like, a specific instance that you can think of, but, like, what do you think would help you, like, get over it? Like, uh, kind of like talking about, like, we were talking about regrets before, and I asked you, like, is this more of, like, a I wish, I wish, and, like, what could have been, or, like, an acceptance thing? I think that, like, learning to accept where you're at and being okay with I don't know has been a mm. huge help for me. At least that's 
how me and my therapist have been <laughs> working through it. Just the being okay with I don't know and thing accepting things as they are and being appreciative for things as they are. And being okay with I don't know. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, that's definitely where I'm at. I mean, I think the thing is with something like choice paralysis, that's one of those things that's going to like be with you. Personally, to me, it's going to be with you forever, but you're going to almost face different stages of this so-called choice paralysis in your life at different moments, you know, and at moments, you know, for a good portion of your life, it might be this, you know, like, you know, maybe it happens, but I can get myself out of it really quick. Whereas other times it's going to be like, you know, I'm kind of stuck in the middle here and I don't know, you know, like where to go or, you know, what to do. It's almost kind of just like, it's almost kind of like crucial to a point almost, you know? yeah. Yeah. I think the choice paralysis too sometimes actually is, it's not necessarily like an actual paralysis. I think sometimes it's your gut feeling mm-hmm. like trying to tell you Absolutely, something. Absolutely, yeah. Like when people like are about to marry the wrong person or like are about to like, you know, go into like a career that they don't really want that their parents do, you know, something like that. I think they're definitely... Going I think back to are, gut feeling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can relate things back to the main topic, Ryan. <laughs> Um, I didn't say you couldn't. <laughs> okay, okay. We, we've come full circle. Uh, I will say I've kind of already answered this question because when I'm faced with a difficult choice or a time where I can't decide, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look back. Um, I'll see what choices may be here. Maybe you make my judgment based off of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, there's the easy way out, science. Uh, I took a, a social <laughs> psychology tor- uh, course a few uh, months ago, and it talked about how uh, when participants made like a, a a choice on a test they were given, they all reported feeling happy about it, regardless regardless if it were right or wrong. Which basically tells you that whatever choice you make uh, in the long run won't matter because you'll think it was the right choice. Uh, which makes I guess the decision making part a bit easier because yeah. I, I can That's make comforting. a decision. I can make a decision and know that I'll I, I, I'll think I made the right one regardless right. of what happens. Um, yeah. But I get a lot of my past experiences, I think, do account for those those gut feelings I'll have before the decision is made. And a lot of those experiences will, will guide me on on what to do and what choices to make, as they do for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had an instance where, like, your gut feeling told you to, like, not do something or, like, to avoid something and it was right and you didn't listen to it or it was right and you did? Yeah. Like, where your gut feeling was right, you know? Yeah, let, let's swap some stories, and I think that's what we're going to uh, end on. So, Jonah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I went, I mean, one time I was uh, taking a test, and I almost, like, felt so confident in my answer as, like, I immediately put it down, and I kept going, and I kept going, and then I stopped because something just stopped me for a second, and it, you know, I was just like, something was off, something wasn't right. And I went back to that exact question and I looked at the answer and I thought more and I read over that question, the actual question a couple times and tried to pair it with the answer and see like, does that make sense as an answer? And then I went back, I erased my answer, I put the other one in and I actually got it correct the second time I went back and looked at it. So, I mean... If that says anything yeah. to you, then yeah. For like I think that's things. a good example. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Like, it helps you out. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. I don't have any dramatic examples. I think there have been small moments where I've been able to, I guess, read people. 
Uh, there have been times where you're, I've met a person. You've totally gotten a lot better at reading people too. Yeah, you're you're very good at it. Thank you. Uh, I, I, there have been and but nothing really like I haven't really. That's kind of just I feel disappointed about that because there have been instances where stuff has happened and I'll think back to like how I felt before the experience. And I'm like, hmm, I would I would have thought I would have felt something, but I never do. There's never really a a, a, a sixth sense when it comes to that. Um, it's it's with it's when I see people, I guess, and 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 I sort of read them for for who they are. I feel I'm better at that than I am like I guess predicting my own actions. Okay, if that's how I can put it. No, nothing too dramatic with me has, has happened in that regard. Really? I don't think so. I can. I can think of like a couple examples, but I don't want to like, you know, if. Well, go go ahead and list them. Up. If I think they're too personal, I'll cut it out. Um. Okay. Uh. For example, um, you always had like we we had a friend who, um, had a rather bad relationship. I will say. And I, I, I did feel think like about this pretty early on you, you and I both like, but especially you, you just got a really bad sense of the guy this and is true. you were like, yeah. And it, like the first couple times you hung out, I think you like liked him, but like pretty early on you were like, ah, I feel weird about it. And it ended up for very good reason. But that um, was, I would say that yes, that happened. Um, but that bad feeling started when I heard experiences shared by other people. Yeah. Like I got it from information that people share with me. And then I sort of yeah. made a judgment okay. call based on what yeah. I heard. It wasn't like, like a feel a gut feeling that I had. I mean, I guess it was, but I, I know where it came from. It wasn't sort of a mysterious gut feeling, but I guess it was a gut feeling nonetheless. So I suppose that counts. Does that count as one for, for, for you and your, book? I, I, I feel like that would count because it's, you know, not everybody makes those judgments so quickly. So okay, I feel like it counts. Um, Fair enough. And Fair also, enough. like, yeah. you know, a lot of the stuff, if I'm remembering correctly, a lot of the stuff, like, was, yeah, concerning, but, like, it could have been played off as, like, normalcy. Yeah, mm-hmm. true, true. So, yeah. Um, oh, God, gut feeling. Um, <laughs> You've had at least one so gut far. Fe- like you just what? shared, you just shared one example. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, I, I, but that one hasn't really come to like fruition. Um, I get, I get gut feelings a lot anyway. Um, and part of me thinks like maybe it's like witchy stuff. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. um, I think my one that like came to fruition that I was like, oh, I fucking knew it. Um, I had a. Uh, feeling once about somebody where um, uh, I don't really know if this counts because I've had experiences with them in the past but um, I basically had a feeling that like I should go home and I should like be home for like a weekend when we were living together actually Um, and I was just like this isn't super uh, comfy I just like really want to see my parents you know for some reason I really want to be home for a weekend um, and like, it wasn't anything with you or with the person that we were living with. Um, but what ended up happening is someone who I had had past experiences with that was, I had had very bad experiences with ended up coming to our apartment and bringing actually, um, 
Oh yeah. The person who yeah. I was, mm. I was like, uh, yep. their unwilling, his unwilling mistress in a way. <laughs> uh, someone who, who was in your past in a very bad way. Uh, so. yeah. I had like a weird feeling though to like, I want to go home that weekend. And then that ended up happening. And I was like, Oh, it's good that I wasn't home for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that would have been very uncomfortable. Basically I had, I had dated very brief. I wouldn't even call it dating. Um, but I had been in something with somebody, um, very briefly and, uh, they had told me that they were not in a relationship and they were, um, and like years later he came over to my apartment, um, and he brought the girl who like, he had like cheated on with me, um, and I just so happened to like really want to go home that weekend and I miss them. And I knew that he brought her, you know, like to start something or like to try and kind of like test the waters and see what's going to happen. But I avoided it. So. <laughs> and your gut feeling told you to. And My gut feeling told me I wanted to be home and it was worth it. <laughs> and it was worth listening to. Mm-hmm. That is impressive. It's interesting here how some people can really like be affected by them, and some people like don't have. Them. I guess I have them in different ways. It's different for everyone. Do you think that they're magic at all, or like some higher force? Mm. After after this question, we'll probably end it. Uh, but I do. It is an interesting question. Uh, this goes back to the whole philosophy on like, oh, you know, what what are we really? Are we humans? Are we like beings of energy? I think we are to a degree. I think to some <laughs> degree we are beings of energy. And there's something I think whatever is 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 helping us is cannot be yeah. scientifically explained. I do okay. think it's something that we don't understand. Yeah. Uh, I believe in a higher power for oh, sure. Yeah. Definitely. What I think that there's something. No, honestly no response to that one. I, I don't have much of anything to say to that one. No. I really don't. You're not sure? Oh. Uh, undecided. Hey, you can be undecided. You're young. <laughs> That's legit. You have, a, you have a lot to learn. I have my whole entire life ahead of me. Yes, you do. I have yeah. my whole life ahead of me. <laughs> I have my whole entire life ahead of me, whereas uh, this guy right here is uh, maybe two years. Uh, do we know what? The two years are too much for the 1%. We need to take 3% that controls 90% and control the 40%. <laughs> Are you once Why again asking us to vote for Bernie? Impression? Oh my god! I, I tried my best. Are you once again asking us to vote? I am once again. In your brave you, voice, can you tell me that you're proud of me? Come <laughs> in. I am proud of you. <laughs> Thank you, Bernie. Thank you, Papa Bernie. <laughs> oh, thank the eighty percent who are up against the two percent. I don't know. But I did the ninety-nine percent. The one percent is <laughs> controlling. <laughs> I can't Can believe we're, like, we're. I guess we're Bernie ending. Bernie was like Jesus. <laughs> like I guess we're ending on my Bernie impression. Uh, uh, unless anyone else has anything important uh, that they like to add. <laughs> uh, live a long and healthy life, please. Do whatever you can to live a long, healthy and fulfilling life. Don't take this. Don't take this conversation to you know you know fruition and start thinking like should I really start questioning my life more like don't like yes maybe you know take some time for yourself but don't take it too seriously all right be happy make good choices uh make choices that make you happy uh focus on yourself especially now that that's what I'll say yes good night everybody wait 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 that's not how we end uh I I have something pretty profound actually I want to add um follow me on TikTok at Caminator the Animator and uh watch our uh 
Twitch stream, Adventures in the Flickr, Saturdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Yeah, which means... <laughs> that is my, my big finish. Wow. 7, 7, p.m. 7 p.m. Eastern. All those all those amazing, you know, philosophical talks and you end with a shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to end with a shameless plug because at the end of the day, uh, I <laughs> capitalism is real. At so. the end of the day, oh. you're, you're another day older. How, how heartwarming to hear. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Capitalism this, is real, but gut feelings might not be. <laughs> this Saturday, it's streaming. I'm in it. What more? And, and she's DMing. What more do you need? Come on. Yeah, come on, come on. Maybe we'll pop in Jonah one of these days as like a guest character. I'm good. I, thank you. <laughs> I think that'd be great. I think that'd be so fun. I, I'm good, but thank you. We'll include you as a character. Really? Uh, I can be uh, the shadow that lurks in the woods. I'm gonna I'm gonna name an NPC after Jonah now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll tell you how it goes. Okay, good. And uh, I think we will end it there. Uh, right. Thank you very much, Cami, for yes, joining us, you. providing your interesting. Thank you for having me. And not important insight on <laughs> on on feelings that may or may not be real. Yes. <laughs> uh, and thank you to everyone else uh, for listening too. Yes, you are now beautiful. The, you are beautiful. All of you are beautiful. <laughs> Go be beautiful. <laughs> Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Uh, gorgeous, gorgeous. Gorgeous, sweetheart. You're beautiful, sweetheart. Thank you all, gorgeous people, for listening to another episode of Casual Conversations with Ryan and Jonah. I'm Ryan. Hi, I'm Jonah. I'm Cam. <laughs> and you have a good day. This has been Casual Conversations with Ryan and Jonah. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us tonight, and we hope that you'll check in again with us next week. Bye-bye.